Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. We got the Wednesday edition of the show here coming your way. Uh, Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu and very excited uh, to welcome to the show my guest co-host for the day. Uh, we haven't seen him in a little bit because it's kind of like, you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That's sort of the same game we can play with this guy. Where in the world is Rich Miano? That's right. Our resident football guru, Rich Miano, is in the house. Uh, and he lives a life that most of us can only... <laughs> dream of uh where have you where where was your latest series of adventures rich miano well i was blessed to go a little skiing <laughs> and snowmobiling and aspen which i call usa's aspen. europe it's just phenomenal and i'm going to the big island this week i'm doing a clinic with uh, ronnie lott <laughs> as well as chris mullen and niall rogers is the entertainment but i'm gonna spend three or four days in kona oh okay okay uh let's try not to trip all over the names that you just <laughs> dropped on our way out of here um but you also did a, a, a football clinic on maui uh with the guy who is like your guy like you've referred to him as the cheat code he's like your what top three quarterback guy josh allen yeah josh allen was there sue bird uh bethany hamilton so that was as well as a private concert by Katy perry so (laughs) that was a wonderful weekend i've been in san diego a couple of times since my son's success in um the legion san diego rugby professional Ah. rugby team first place in the whole out of 16 teams i think it is throughout the whole country so you know i gotta support kupa who's a Big time yeah. rugby uh, player as well as employee. He's doing it, man. He's doing it. Well, it's good to have you here. 808 296 1420 is the number. On that front, uh, how is that rugby uh, professional league as as a product, as as like an entertainment product? Uh, it, you, you've been able to see it firsthand. Yeah, and we've seen soccer grow, right? Especially in the Pacific Northwest and the LA franchise is doing well with a billion dollar valuation. We've seen even lacrosse. I'm just really happy that rugby seems to be taking place it seems to be nationwide they've got a television contract they've got a great um administrative staff they've got great owners throughout the country but it's slow it's methodical because when i go to the game and i didn't know much about rugby even when i was playing professional football and college football and people would ask me to play the game never really started to learn it or appreciate it to really the last couple of years when my son played at San Diego State and now that he works for the Legion team out in the San Diego and following it on television so I th- hopefully rugby is on the rise. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, no, that's really cool and, and happy for Kupa. He's a good guy. Seems like he's found uh, his niche uh, so to speak and, and something that he can really kind of put his uh, efforts and passion into and that's uh, that's really, really cool and I'm just very envious of you. That's why I ask you these <laughs> questions because you live the life we can all just wish we could uh, live. I want to do the Aspen thing. I want to do all that stuff. I did play in the uh, Nakoa Ed Wong Memorial Golf Tournament, though, uh, benefiting the uh, obviously the UH football program, and you had the coaching staff that was there that took place uh, over at Hawaii Prince. Uh golf club yesterday and that was a lot of fun that was really really cool and and everyone had a a good time over there and uh you know the hospitality was fantastic and uh john venary was riding around in a in this like fancy uh off-roading uh quad (laughs) golf cart and and he and chris brown were just going around he had like a speak 
speaker, you know, one of those like uh, block rockers on the back of the car, and he's just talking trash to everyone on the microphone and blasting music. It was just a lot of fun. It was really cool. Yeah, and you know, the one thing you can say about this staff is they're fun. They're young. They're enthusiastic. They love Hawaii football, and I think the fans have resonated with that. And, uh, you know, just kind of segue into I was at Bishop Gorman right because we just had the Polynesian Perfect, Football yeah. Classic with 565 kids from 40 states and talking to those coaches the not only the quarterback who's a local boy coming back which is a huge get huge the linebacker the defensive tackle and then the other recruit would all be at SC UCLA Stanford these are big time players and it's the kind of the Chris Brown effect and I have yeah. to give Timmy credit as well because the last time I saw Timmy physically before he took the job at the University of Hawaii was recruiting at Bishop Gorman so he has that respect Chris Brown has incredible respect and those Four guys are big-time pickups. Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of where I did want to start off here. Micah Alejado, the uh, quarterback from Bishop Gorman, uh, giving his commitment to Hawaii. And obviously, there's a, still a, a ways to go before uh, he's able to sign and make it official. Uh, but that said, what does that represent? Because, uh, you know, there might be some people that are saying, well, he, if he was so good, he wouldn't be going to Hawaii. He'd be going to, like, a bigger-time program. And, and maybe there is some semblance of truth there. But I think it's also he's the kind of guy that Hawaii is targeting. Like you're not going to win the battle for the number one quarterback in the country. As much as we would love Dylan Riola to choose the University right. of Hawaii to play his college football, that's likely not going to happen. But Mike Alejado hits a certain sweet spot, right? And yes, you do have the advantage of, of the Hawaii ties, and that's a big thing, and that's what you have to play to. That's the kind of guy that you go out and you get. And what I've always said, and, and I would like to get your opinion on this, uh, is, is even just from an optics standpoint, uh, anytime you have a roster that has kids from Kahuku, St. Louis, a program like Bishop Gorman, if you have those kinds of programs sprinkled throughout your roster, it just looks good. And those are some of the, the stepping stones necessary to create what can be uh, eventually, hopefully, very legitimate uh, and, and, and very perceivable pipelines to these programs. And that only bodes well uh, for a college team, yeah, right? and that's why I was so high on Craig Stutzman as the previous coach before we hired this other guy from Arizona that we won't talk about. Because <laughs> he, he recruited, who shall not be named. Yeah, because he recruited Bishop Gorman. He recruited St. Louis. He had, you know, gone and done all these things. Because I agree with you. When you get winners on your football team from winning programs that have great coaching staffs and training staffs and understand what it takes to win, that is bodes well for your future and I, like I said I've talked to those coaches that linebacker he may start as a freshman he's that good that defensive tackle can rush the passer and that quarterback is the future of this team and even though all of them don't fit the eye chart if they did, we would never have mm -hmm. a chance if those kids were 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". So to me, this bodes well for the future of this football team. It shows the power of Chris Brown, shows you that Timmy Chang is doing a nice job. You know, not guys not transferring out in the transfer portal. Guys are staying home. The Tylen Hineses, the, the Braden Shagers, those type of people. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a foundation being built. There seems to be. There seems to be. I, I agree with that. And, and I'd like to, you know, because you can put the coaching hat on because you've sort of been 
through some of this, right? And you uh, were right there next to June Jones when uh, he was applying a certain kind of recruiting methodology, which was, hey, look, we're going to go for second chance guys, guys that maybe did play at bigger time programs that ran into a little bit of Pelikia. We're going to go for those guys. We're going to be the second chance you in some ways uh, for some of these players. And I always thought that there, there are some very key sweet spots to try to hit from a recruiting standpoint if you're the University of Hawaii. One is the second chance guy, right? How many times did that work? Devon Best, Pisatino Samoa, Colt Brennan, for crying out loud. And then there's also, in my opinion, the uh, this is this is not necessarily a second chance guy, but the guy who maybe leaves Hawaii out of a Hawaii high school, goes elsewhere, the return, right? The, 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 the comeback kids, if you will. Like, I always thought, and there have been some coaches that have had a difference in opinion uh, that would suggest perhaps, you know, if, if a kid decided to jilt Hawaii and go elsewhere, all right, we're cutting off that tie. And I never understood that. I think you should always be like, hey, good luck to you. We hope you find the maximum amount of success. But if you ever decide that you might want to come back home, we will be here with open arms. And if there is any possible way that we can create a scholarship spot for you, we will do that. You always do. Those those were always, in my opinion, two of the top priorities. Yeah, and then you could think of the Winden Ohuli. Or you can go back to Wayne Hunter, who transferred back from Cal. There's been numerous guys. And you're right. There's been a couple of coaches that did not want to no. take the bounce back. To me, I would be dribbling, dribbling, dribbling those guys <laughs> and continue to stay in touch with them in, in terms of the legal means, when they had interest in coming back home, welcome them with open arms because you're not going to get those guys out of high school sometimes, but you can get them when they bounce back. Where, where else would you focus uh, from Junior a recruiting college. standpoint? Juco? And, and here's the reason why. With the transfer portals, and you see that you know the Alabamas of the world, the SEC teams, maybe even some USC and some Pac-12 teams, they don't have to worry too much about the transfer portal and they'll get a guy or two but the junior colleges now are not recruited as 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 they once were by some of these larger institutions and so I think Hawaii has done a good job in the junior colleges and they have to continue to do that because there are certain needs because of the roster depletion of the last coach that Timmy Chang has to exploit and I think junior college bounce backs and Bishop Gorman and St. Louis. And like you say, if this kid is one or two inches short, he may be point one zero of the 40-yard dash in terms of his speed. His vertical jump may be a little less than some of these other five stars. You're not getting five stars. Mm-hmm. You don't have the facilities. You don't have the stadium. You don't have the apparel contract. You don't have the NLI money. You know what you need to do is get these kids that are a little bit short because you can't measure the heart. What about, so on the local front, though? I mean, because you do have four and five stars that come out of, of Hawaii, right? Uh, you know, maybe the five-star thing is a rarity, but you do have guys who are pretty highly rated coming out of the islands. If you are the University of Hawaii, do you at least, for those particular guys, because they're in your backyard, do you at least make your presence known? Are you making offers to those guys, or or do you feel like even that would be um, a, 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 an effort in vain? No, I, I think you try to get them early. Maybe their freshman year, maybe their sophomore year, you recognize that talent, knowing that you're most likely going to lose those guys, but you continue to love them up. You continue to stay in yeah. touch, whatever's legal. For the exact reason rules. we're talking about. For the exact yeah. reason we're talking about. Just because a guy is great, it could be an extenuating circumstance. Somebody could die in the family. It could be a girlfriend. Yeah. It could be something about the, their dream has always been to play. They want to live here after college, and they re- recognize by doing that they're going to build their name up. 
who someone's going to be that first guy who is a five star or maybe a high four star recruit that's going to go like you know what I'm staying home and playing for Timmy Chang. Yeah, yeah. Or if that's not the decision that's made immediately, maybe two years down the road, going like I'm coming back home but, and playing for Timmy. But Chang. what is not good is when you hear about these guys and they say Hawaii never offered me. I, there was a chance I would have went there, but they never offered me. You don't want to be that yeah, coach. Yeah, no. We've heard a lot of those yes. kinds of stories over the years. That's a really, really good point. All right, eight oh eight two nine six fourteen twenty is the number to call in. You can text in as well. We have Paul oh, waiting hello. on the line. Paul, what's up? Oh, greetings. Uh, greetings. Coach Miano, uh, uh, Kanoa and uh, Josh there. Hi, Hi. everybody. <laughs> I'm solid on one thing is that I'm just going to start with this, but it's not my thesis about this. Reserve the scholarships to, for the players who want to come here. You know, have that kind of favored nation status. Secondly, with Hawaii, you can Billy Bean this. You can moneyball this in two ways. One of them is, yes, target the undervalued players coming out of high school. Not necessarily. You're not going to get the Maui goal. Yeah, my, my, his name right, Maui goal. Yeah, Maui Noah, and yeah. Some, and, you know, target the undervalued guys. They want to come here, bring them in here, okay? Secondly, UH, Lord Campus got to do this, you know, part of the money ball thing. They got to, if they're not doing it right now, they got to number crunch this. Find out why, you know, there are definitely guys who go to bigger programs and they come in back. They come, they come back and all. Yep. And let's, let's deep dive into that. It might be obvious, but I don't think it's that obvious. I don't think it's as obvious as uh, if they don't work there, I'm coming home. Let lower campus, lower campus got to get into it, you know? And it's because we don't have those facilities. It's because, you know, we have to find out why, you know, we, we, we get good guys coming back. Let's find out um, why, you know, and go, go from there. When the top-notch recruits from here, they, when they have, they, this is the last thing, the top-notch recruits from here, when they, when they go on TV, when they, they're choosing between us, we don't, UH doesn't even have to be in the mix, but they're watching this. Other players are watching who this guy chooses. They know he's from Hawaii, and maybe Hawaii gets some kind of publicity from that, you know? There are a lot of things Lower Campus can do in terms of the number crunching. I'd like to see them do more of it. Okay. Uh, thank you. Well, appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Paul. Yeah, I, I, there's some in there that I think is is of, of value for sure when you talk about, you know, there were, like Maui Noah was a good instance where Hawaii was among the list of finalists, right, for, for programs, and, and maybe not a realistic um, or, or, or certainly not a front-running favorite for uh, the school he was going to end up choosing. Uh, but, yeah, if Hawaii can make some of those small lists, like short lists for some of these guys, and I think particularly targeting, like we're talking about, the guys here in your backyard, because it's not likely that you're going to be able to get Bryce Young to put Hawaii as one of his final five. But if there's a tie to the islands, if there's a tie to Polynesia, if there's some kind of connection there, then that is a possibility. And if you are able to even just have that Hawaii logo there on 24-7 sports among the list of, of, of final choices um, for some of these guys. I, I think that does look good, right? That's just the optics 
mix of that. It's kind of like what we're talking about. If you have these kinds of commitments from programs like Bishop Gorman or St. Louis or Kahuku or other uh, you know, top-notch programs on the continent, uh, that just looks good for your program. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important. Like, I think the Star Advertiser does a good job of kind of keeping track of the guys that have went away that are playing at various colleges throughout the United States. And the thing, again, it goes back to when that young man was a freshman at Mililani, St. Louis, wherever he was from, Punahou, sophomore, junior. As you recruit him and love him up and, and spend a little time with him, obviously you may not get him. But he has to know when he leaves, if you ever change your yeah, mind, yeah. we will welcome you with open arms. Yeah, I, I, I'm a been a firm believer in that in every sport uh, when you're talking about and, recruiting. And here's another thing, right? If you're a guy in the Stanford tight end comes to mind on the roster last year, if you're a guy that plays at Iowa for four years and you have that fifth year senior transfer portal and you got one more year left of eligibility, you may be able to get that guy because he's not going to be as concerned with facilities, apparel contract, uh, you know, being on television It'll or whatever. experience An experience yeah. of playing and living in Hawaii is priceless. That's actually a really that's a really good point. I think that does change the game a little bit when you're talking about the grad transfers. That's another page of this that we hadn't uh, even mentioned yet. And, and again, you're right. Those are guys that that maybe are looking for something different, but it's not necessarily looking for the glitz and glamour something different. These are guys who are a little bit older, right? They're, they're, they're making uh, more adult types of decisions, and they're looking for an experience. They're looking to embed themselves into a different kind of culture. And I do think that that's something that could reflect pretty kindly on huge, Hawaii. Huge. Hawaii should get three or four or five of those guys every year. And sometimes they may not fit into the system initially. It takes a little time. You only have that one-year window, but it's worth it because these guys have, you know, played their experience. They're mature. You, you know what their GPAs are. You, you, you see film on them in the past and you go like, you know what? Let's plug and play. Yeah, you were talking about Caleb Phillips, by Caleb the way, Phillips, was the yes. tight end that you were uh, thinking of there. Yeah, no, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, well, we're going to interrupt this sports talk here for a moment to announce that this Sunday you can shop tax-free at City Mill. That's right, Rich Miano. You pay no tax on everything in store at all eight City Mill locations. Not valid for online purchases. you got to get down there. Spread the word, though. You don't pay tax at City Mill on Sunday. More Let's Talk Sports with our football aficionado, Rich Miano, after this. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Our resident football guru, Rich Miano, is up here with me as well. Josh Pacheco is in the next room working the board. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. If you want to text in, you can do that at that number as well. Um, haven't heard much as far as the process, Rich. Uh, for filling the soon-to-be-vacated uh, athletics director position at the University of Hawaii. Uh, but um, you have been a guy who has been very outspoken uh, in terms of what you would like to see uh, the university do, uh, the direction that you'd like to see it go. You've, you've been very um, outspoken in describing the fact that this is such an important pick this time around. I mean, every time around it is, but in this particular instance, because of some of the dire circumstances surrounding the program, financially and otherwise, you know, facilities for sure, um, you feel like this is a very important thing. We haven't heard much as far as the process, right? Just kind of rumor mill stuff, uh, supposedly based on, on some of the, the sources that I've spoken with. They are in the interview stage, the, the initial interview stage this week. I'm not sure exactly the numbers that they're uh, talking about. I think from what I understand, they're going to interview 
uh, a dozen or so uh, candidates and whittle that down to a short list to present to David Lassner, and, and we'll go from there. But uh, June is the effective date that David Matlin is going to uh, step down. Uh, how have you viewed this just from the outside looking in here so far? Well, it's interesting. As you say, uh, this is a precarious uh, time that we live in. And, and, you know, we talked seven, eight years ago a position potentially for the Pac-12 when it becomes 16, when there's only five major conferences and everybody else kind of falls by the wayside. Well, I think now what's happening as we speak is you see that San Diego State is positioning themselves very well with the basketball finals for the Pac-12. Who is that other team that's going to take the place of USC and UCLA as they depart to bigger, mm -hmm. you know, greener grass on the other side, so to speak. So, you know, when I'm watching San Diego State and my son's a proud alumni and he works for the football team and I'm thinking like, it wasn't very long ago when basketball, uh, women's volleyball, uh, baseball was kind of positioned to the whacked and maybe transitioned to the Mountain West Conference. And it's not David Matlin's fault. It's not Herman Frazier's fault. There were obviously, you know, situ situations why they went to the Big West Conference. But again, to me, I, I think that the University of Hawaii has to hire someone with the vision that can possibly get basketball back into the Mountain West Conference. When you see the San Diego States, the UNLVs, the Colorado States, those teams, I think, are much more enviable than the Big West. I also think the same way in women's volleyball. I think if they were in a better conference, you'd have better attendance. I think if you could get the whole... Some you know, Hawaiian Airlines, Hawaii Tourism Authority, the Senate, along with the revenue potential of playing in a better conference, you could make it work fiscally. And again, I've always said the people of Hawaii would rather watch Michael Jackson than Tito Jackson. <laughs> and I just think right now we have bigger, we have a 10,000 seat arena, we have a bigger budget where the state's only school. We should be aspiring to get to a better conference because I think if we continue to not do those things we're all complicit in the fall of this athletic department and the continual decline in revenue producing therefore deficits which the senate in the legislature is not real happy about yeah that's kind of what we've seen right as far as the reaction that's why some of the reaction has been a bit fractured right um you know Artie wilson speaking openly as well june jones writing uh, that editorial column in the newspaper uh, in response to the job description and qualifications right and the search committee i, I think what um you know they, they brought up certain representation issues and, and that kind of thing um i i think the the, the greater uh, reaction though was more focused on the fact that because it sounds like to me, um, you know, without putting forth a specific candidate or something like that, you're talking about someone that has vision, someone that will think beyond the status quo. I think that's more or less some of the reaction that we've seen from, you know, longtime University of Hawaii alums, people that care very much about this program. It's, it's not bashing a particular candidate or even exalting another one. It just sounds as though there is a concern that the status quo under these circumstances and the ever-shifting landscape in college sports, the status quo might not be good enough in the long run, right? That the stat if, we, if you just continue on this train track without thinking in grander manners about where this program can go, contingency plans, if this doesn't happen, how to somehow accentuate uh, and create new revenue streams, how to somehow maybe promote this program uh, more to the Asian market, uh, to, to carve out those kinds 
kinds of niches. I, I, I think that seems to me to, uh, to be the biggest concern on the part of, of some of the people like you uh, that have talked uh, at great length about this. Yeah, am I wrong to? And it's not. I talked to Aran Ganat. I've, you know, you could talk to. I'm sure. Um, the women's volleyball Robin coach, Amo. Robin Amo. You could talk to uh, the new baseball coach. Yeah, Rich Hill. Rich Hill. And I, and I would guarantee you those three coaches would love to be in a better conference because you recruit better athletes. It's not any of their faults. It's not David Matlin's fault. But I think you we could all agree we were in a better place when Dave Shoji was battling for mm-hmm. national championships and we were top 10 in attendance. We were in a better place when Riley Wallace, Bob Nash were playing Utah and BYU and San Diego State and UNLV, whatever else. We were in a better place when, you know, all of these programs, the men's basketball team, were playing the San Diego States and, and such, as I mentioned. That's, to me, what we deserve as taxpayers. There could be some financial losses initially, but again, I think if you involved the legislature in the Senate, if you involved private companies as well as uh, people like Hawaiian Airlines, whatever else, and you saw the attendance differences, you could make that work as a case to be in better conferences, to see better opponents, to see better results. Yeah, that's a tough one uh, for me because the, the Big West was there for Hawaii, uh, and it was championed in large part by the great and, and late uh, Rockney Freitas. Uh, he was a guy who spearheaded uh, Hawaii in in exiting the Western Athletic Conference, which was crumbling around Hawaii, right? And finding a way for the Mountain West to agree to include Hawaii as a football-only member and the Big West Conference to envelop Hawaii in all of the other sports, most of the other sports. Uh, And so to me, that's a tough one because the Big West was sort of there uh, for Hawaii. They they were there to catch Hawaii. Uh, They they had the safety net there uh, when the university was at a, a very distinctive crossroads. And so, you know, I think the Big West has been good to the university in a lot of ways. You know, I, I think when you talk about Big West uh, baseball, it, you know, certainly a couple of down years here, but it has but uh, traditionally had a reputation of being a very, very strong conference. Um, you know, I think I think uh, you're, you're probably right as far as, as women's volleyball. You're certainly right when it comes to men's basketball. Uh, that, that, to me, is, is inarguable. Uh, but that's a tough one just because it's like how much – how attached do you have to remain and for how long out of loyalty because the Big West did you that solid back in the day? Like, how how much do you want to have wandering eyes under those circumstances because that was a situation where things could have gotten awfully ugly for Hawaii? But I do also see what you're saying because this thing is changing every day. Every like day. you said, San Diego State is, it seems inevitable to me, right? That's a, an imminent move that they are going to be going to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12, once UCLA and USC leaves, they're going to have a big void in Southern California. And who better to fill at least part of that void than to get San Diego State? You're talking about a football program that is at least respected. You're talking about a basketball program that is nationally renowned uh, and some of the other sports in that program. So I agree with you. The Mountain West is going to be looking to make changes and I think Hawaii without maybe being overtly disloyal to the Big West Conference has to at least be considering that it's a 
business and you have to be positioning yourself to make the necessary adjustments and apply the necessary contingency plans if things start to get a little screwy. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. And and there is, you know, loyalty is big and, and that's important. And the way you depart, the way you arrive at something, you have to do it in, in a very respectful manner. But I think we also have to recognize that if we continue to bleed money and we continue to want the best local recruits to stay home, they want those television contracts to be different. They want those apparel contracts mm-hmm. to be different. They want their NILs to be um, more funded. We have to all become not only in the canoe, we have to be paddling in the same direction for this to become what it once was. Yeah. And, and that's why I have vision. I'm old enough to recognize <laughs> what it could be. And the new athletic director has to have that same type of vision because, as you say, college sports are changing daily and they're going to continue to change daily. And who are the two new participants in the Mountain West Conference once San Diego State leaves and if it's Boise or whoever it is that leaves. That's going to weaken the television contract. That's going to weaken the apparel. That's going to weaken the NIL. That's going to weaken everything. It's going to weaken attendance because you're going to be playing against a non-brand, whether that's a good Portland state, whether that's a good Montana. Those are sporty outfits, but they don't have the brand recognition. Mm-hmm. They don't have the television yeah, markets. Yeah. And I and I really believe that if this new athletic director has to have that ability, I've said it so many times, to walk into a Senate or a legislative session, to walk into Peter Ingram's office at, at Hawaiian Air, to walk into some of these Hawaii Tourism Authority, wherever, wherever that entity goes in the mm-hmm. next month or two to really yeah. generate funds as well as saying here's the difference potential in attendance by playing these schools and you you know a financial port uh, uh, ledger that will show that it's worth it and it's worth it for our children it's worth it for our recruits it's worth it for the state of Hawaii we were once there let's try to get back to a level I always thought that the University of Hawaii athletics program uh, as a whole should be tied into whether you want to say legislatively or in terms of, of budgetary finance it should be tied into the Hawaii Tourism Authority. And we don't know what's going to happen, like you said, to the funding, to the HTA. That seems to be a, a, a very hot topic over there at the ledge. Uh, but I've always thought, like, the University of Hawaii, the HTA ties itself into these events, right? Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic and the, the Maui Invitational and all of these things that take place here. But nine times out of ten, those events involve the University of Hawaii. And the University of Hawaii, at all other times of the year, they are traveling. They are they are hosting on television on behalf of the state. Those scenic shots are there for every Hawaii broadcast, whether it's tied to a, a an official event or a sanctioned event. That, to me, has always been something that should be a more symbiotic relationship, right? Yeah, and a symbiotic relationship also goes, if you have a relationship or can have a relationship with Michelle Kadani, Donovan Dela Cruz, Donna Kim, uh, some of these legislatures that actually control your purse strings, it's important to educate them on that. And I think it also is important to somehow have that relationship with this is what was it once said when June Jones was here? This is the front porch. This is the whole vision of this university. When you win, you get greater uh, Enrollment, yeah, you get yeah. greater funding. It lifts you get all great, boats, right? It lifts all yeah. high tide rises all boats. Yeah, and that's why I think this athletic uh, director is so important because the future of ho- positioning in Hawaii is is so 
uh, pertinent to what's going on. All right. Well, uh, join the KHON2 and ESPN Honolulu teams for a watch party at Dave & Buster Saturday, April 15th. That's this Saturday, 2.30. Of course, it is the UFC event. Max Holloway making his return to the Octagon. You can see the whole lineup of fights and watch it on Dave & Buster's 40-foot wow wall. That thing is pretty spectacular. It's sponsored by KHON2, KHI, and ESPN Honolulu. We're going to shift gears on the other side, and we're going to talk by phone with Philip Umler, one of the six seniors that will be honored on Saturday for the UH men's volleyball team. That's when Let's Talk Sports continues. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu, being joined by our resident football guru, Rich Miano, in the house. And uh, we're very excited to be welcoming via the phone line uh, our guest here for today. He is going to be one of the six seniors honored following Saturday's match uh, for the UH men's volleyball team when they take on UC San Diego. Philip Umler is on the line. Philip, how are you doing? Hey, how's it, everybody? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> doing all right, doing all right. Uh, one of my favorite things about you, Philip, uh, is, and Ryan Kalesuji has, has played around with this uh, several times, uh, the way you have just embraced over your time here uh, at the University of Hawaii and, and just living here in the islands, how you have embraced the local culture all the way down to the pidgin English uh, words and, and vernacular. Uh, it's, it's so great. You, it appears like you really have loved your time here. Yeah, you know, ever since I got here, I, I always enjoy hanging out with the local guys, with the with the local kids, and uh, with my uncles, and just going holo holo around the <laughs> island, you know, whether it's fishing, surfing, or whatever it is, whatever it may be, I always uh, hang hang out with them, and then uh, trying to pick up that culture, and uh, I'm I'm in love with the Hawaii culture, man, and I'm just I'm trying to embrace it, you know, respect it, and uh, support it. Uh, you've been here uh, for a while. You've spent uh, several years, obviously, uh, here in the islands. Uh, you first got here in 2019, and now it is senior weekend. How is that hitting you? How how fast does this feel like it's gone by? Yeah, it's crazy. I was just going through my gallery on my phone, you know, and it's five years ago when we got here. We we were different people because this, this uh, program and this community here just has such a big impact on us. And now it's all coming to an end, the journey at UH. And I'm just super grateful to be surrounded by such people and super grateful to be part of this team. And I'm just going to try and enjoy last couple of uh, weeks on the program and just try to leave everything out there in the gym or on the court uh, with the guys, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing. We're talking with Philip Umler. He's going to be one of the six seniors honored after Saturday's uh, UH men's volleyball match against UC San Diego. Uh, that will be senior night. And uh, Philip, who uh, came in, obviously, as as a highly regarded outside hitter, um, you have uh, been reputed to be one of the best out-of-system hitters, uh, at, at, not just on the team, but, but in the Big West Conference. Um, and I'm just interested... To, to see uh, what is your approach when you get into the practice gym uh, in, in carving out your role with this team it's it, you don't happen to be playing every single match but it sounds like you're still as committed as anybody to just trying to uh, do whatever you can to make this team better yeah you know there's just so many people behind the program behind the team it's not just the six starters there's actually over 20 guys on the team and now uh, the team is going to be changing a lot in this year and the next year after too, uh, it's going to be a lot of new guns, new young guns on the team. So we're just trying to uh, keep that uh, team culture and teamness going. Uh, 
that's one of the main reasons for the success of the team. And I'm just trying to uh, pass it down to the younger ones, uh, the culture, you know, the team values, and hopefully they pick it up and so that way they can uh, stay motivated for uh, upcoming seasons and uh, keep winning, keep getting after it. Yeah, I mean, your years here at the University of Hawaii have coincided with maybe, I mean, the most successful run in this program's history. I mean, when you look at the record for the University of Hawaii from 2019 till now, it is the best in the country, the most wins of any program uh, in the country. Uh, what has this success felt like to you? How proud of you uh, of this are you uh, to have been part of this? Well, I'm, I'm super proud, of course, super proud of my teammates and of my coaching staff. And it's it's not just the team uh, that's behind this. It's it's the people of Hawaii and everybody that supports the team and everybody around us. That's just it's not uh, for them. It's because of them, as we like to say, because that's really what it is. We can feel the support, and um, it helps us so much to uh, when we get out there on the court and when we perform and represent uh, the state of Hawaii. Uh, you're gonna have family in town this weekend. I will not, but my Hanai family is going to be there, there you of go. course, as always. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, it's, it should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, how are you anticipating that uh, feeling on senior night? After that match, uh, what, what do you expect will be going through you? You know, we just got to finish up the season strong first, and then after the game, I'm, uh, I'm just going to enjoy my last time in the Stan Sheriff Center, the last time uh, in front of the packed arena and uh i can't wait to uh, talk to the fans interact hopefully they will they will let us talk to them for a little longer than usual because uh normally they always <laughs> trying to get everybody out of out of the stand and they don't really let us talk story but you know hopefully hopefully this time we can stay for a little longer just to uh just to be able to talk to everybody that wants yeah, I always enjoy it, you know, kind of give give back for just to show the appreciation that they come to the games and support. Yeah, well, it's going to be, I'm sure, a pretty uh, healthy crowd uh, here this weekend. And, and you're right, it probably will go pretty late into the night with all of the leg giving and hugs. And, and they got to give you guys some uh, time to get around to the entire arena because that is going to take some time. We're talking with Philip Umler, outside hitter for the Rainbow Warrior volleyball team, one of the seniors who will be honored this weekend after Saturday's match with UC San Diego. How are you feeling about the way this team is playing? Uh, a very impressive performance against a previously unbeaten conference team in UC Irvine this past weekend. Uh, how's this team feeling about itself as you are heading now down the home stretch? Oh, we are super motivated. You know, the, the, the journey throughout the season this year uh, wasn't as smooth as uh, like two years ago, but a little smoother than last year. But all those last games that uh, are there on the way, that kind of always helps us get more motivated. Uh, it helps us to come up together as a team and, there were uh, a couple losses this uh, this past year, this uh, this past season, and always we just sat down, talked talk through it, and then came out uh, stronger for the next game. And now, we have, I, I I feel like our team is now exceptional and super dialed in, motivated, and uh, focused on uh, our, our our goal and our dream. Yeah, uh, one of those guys who seems to be dialed in here is uh, Demetrius Muklias, just named uh, National AVCA Player of the Week. Uh, what have you thought about one of your fellow pin hitters and the way he's been playing here as of late? Seems to be uh, peaking at, at a rate that uh, he hasn't uh, been able to uh, his entire career. I mean, he's playing the best volleyball of his, of his career. 
Oh, yeah, I'm super proud of him because he made such a progress. And then he had some injuries on the way, you know. He he uh, he had to go back um, to Greece for his second year mm-hmm. because of an uh, ankle injury. But, you know, he was able to battle through it, come back stronger than ever. And now he's just uh, proving everybody that he is uh, one of the best players in the nation. Yeah, you were a guy who went through a lot of uh, off-the-court uh, issues as well. Uh, had some uh, health issues, uh, illnesses. Uh, would you be willing to, to kind of talk to us a little bit about that and what those experiences were like? Yeah, that was uh, – it wasn't the – it was pretty hard um, part of my life for sure. But, uh, you know, I always try to stay positive. Uh, I always try to stay focused. And I always believe that I will be able to play again. And then no matter what uh, the doctors told me, I, I kind of proved them wrong. And then I was able to come back and I was able to compete at the high level again. And I'm just super grateful to be surrounded by uh, such supportive people, uh, whether it's my team, my family, or whether it's people here in Hawaii, they always support. And that's something that for sure helped me a lot to battle through all the injuries and illnesses and uh come out uh strong again yeah that's amazing what what did the doctors tell you if, if i may ask well i was told that uh i will most likely never play volleyball again that i will most likely never be able to go and lift weights they told me that probably not too much of an uh, active lifestyle is uh ahead of me and that's something that really got me and um you know i I, I just that that, that was uh, those news that they shared with me. It was hmm. something that kind of motivated me to prove them wrong, because that's uh, what I've been trying to do my whole life. Always trying to be the best version of myself. Always try to be better than I was yesterday. And then this was a big setback, but um, it helped me to um, come out stronger as a better person, stronger mentally. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's really remarkable. I think the fact that, that you were able to come back and, and, and rejoin this team and, and contribute with some quality volleyball and now uh, able to also participate in your senior night this weekend. Uh, it is just a great story and couldn't be happier for you, man. Uh, we'll definitely see you down at the arena, uh, and it should be a fun couple of matches. Yeah, thank you so much for the interview. I just want to invite everybody for uh, – our last games uh, of the season in the stand. I will. I would love to see you guys in there. And uh, yeah, aloha. Good stuff, Philip Umler. Appreciate it. Unbelievable! Did you see Charlie Wade's six foot eight sophomore Kamehameha <laughs> yeah, yeah, son? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like the future yeah. is even brighter if that young man stays. Home. I mean, the NIL price on Kainoa oh, Wade is uh, going, going up, up and up every single time that guy takes the floor. It's wild, and they got he got the three commits that are playing at Moanalua that all transferred to that school. And um, volleyball is kind of in an interesting place right now. Boys volleyball in Hawaii. I, I don't know if I've Huge. seen a time where there have been there's been so much uh, talent across the board. It's not just Punahou or Kamehameha. And what was that kid's name from Maui just a couple of years ago? That could jump Colton out Cowell, of yeah. Those, when you combine these great international players along with the local flavor, uh, sold-out arena, bro. Yeah, yeah. It should be a pretty big crowd here this weekend as well. Big thanks to Philip Umler for joining us. Uh, that was a lot of fun. A guy who's been through a lot, and it's a, a great story and great to see him back out there uh, for sure. All right, Rich Miano's in the house. We're going to take a break and wrap things up after this.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy, along with our resident football guru, Rich Miano, coming to you from the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Once again, a big mahalo to Philip Umler for jumping on the horn with us in that last segment. A reminder, City Mills Spring Power Tool Sale is going on now. If you're a loyal DeWalt fan, then you're going to be able to meet your DeWalt Power Tools Specialist Friday at the Hawaii Kai City Mill from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can win some cool stuff as well. Time for our best and worst. Rich, what you got for your best? I'm going best Snapdragon Stadium, the new home field of not only the San Diego Legion rugby team, but San Diego State University. That thing is 35,000 seats. It's an incredible venue. And I'm just curious if anybody from this administration, as a talk to, of a new stadium continues to evolve, has been to that. Because basically, like the new rent-a-car center in Maui, the one in Oahu, the new Hawaiian Air Terminal. It's not like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, There's yeah. stadiums out there that would be perfect for just, what just we Just pay do. for those blueprints and let's let's yes, let's break ground. Exactly. Let's get it to it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, um, my best is Jared Ursula, receivers coach for the UH football uh, coaching staff. Uh, he was one of the coaches that was there at the Nakua Edwong Memorial Golf Tournament yesterday. And on one of the holes, a par five, uh, he was sitting by the tee box and what you could do is you could pay him uh, or, or make a donation of $20 and he would hit a drive and I guess he's a pretty good swinger and all that stuff and so uh, you know you could uh, your team could also drive but you could take his if it was the best nice. one and so uh, the six sum that I was with we, we gave each, you know teams of three we each gave 20 bucks and he smacked one and Rich Miano, I don't know, the wind was pretty high. The wind was with us. Uh, he may have even, like, hit the cross cart path and maybe got an extra yardage out of that. He hit one, Rich Miano, 370 yards. I'm not joking. Rory 370 yards. 378-yard drive was, like, an incredible... Best drive they've ever Once seen. we did like the math uh, on the GPS, I went running back to the tee box just to That's tell him like that was crazy. And there was another group over there, and he's like, "Thanks for building up expectation." I was like, "You just had to know, though, Jared. Well, it was I unreal." I don't want to name drop, but at McKenna, <laughs> since when? Josh Allen, three hundred thirty-eight yard par four, three hundred twenty-eight yards oh on gosh. the green. Oh yeah. So, but. That's in that's Rory McElroy like. All right, real quick, what's your worst? My worst is we still have no concrete plans or construction <laughs> plans to move forward on a new stadium. <laughs> Inflation, construction costs. Timmy Chang is and football as well as the entire state deserve an entertainment district with retail, hotel, and a housing component. I can't outworst that worst, so I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, we're we're we gotta do the RFP stage still again. <laughs> what's going on here? Anyway, thanks, Rich. Thanks, Philip Umler. Thanks, Josh. Uh, see you tomorrow, everybody.